You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Happy draft week, everybody. I'm Allison Twitter, and we are going to be uh, talking mostly on these podcasts about the draft that's coming up. Uh, it's a very um, big source of interest uh, to a lot of you out there, so I think that will go very well. AJ Castville is with us, and AJ, um, wow, Padres have six of the first 85 picks, so we could say that they are going to be very present in that. Uh, they had a very good outcome the last time they were in a situation largely like this, so I guess um, they're sapient numbers, right? They've got a hit on, on some of these. Yeah, and I mean, that's really what it comes down to, and it also allows uh, kind of allows the Padres to uh, to take some more risks, maybe, uh, because if they if they reach on a guy, then you know what, they can say, hey, we'll be a little more conservative with our next pick. Um, but three picks in the top 25, five on the first day, six in the first 85. A year ago, they only had one of the first 85 picks, but it was, I think, number 51 overall. So it's safe to say their draft uh, preparation – now, they're not going to say that they've worked any harder this year than last year because they work hard for every draft, but it seems like they they spent a lot more time uh, evaluating some higher quality of player than they did last year, and it's certainly a chance for them to restock their organization. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about just what they have to do, what their organization looks like, and I realize that they did get um, some back uh, in the Kimbrell trade, and there has been – it's not completely depleted, but it has – taken a beating um it's it's taken a big hit uh, and so this uh, this is going to be a big one for them um they need i guess pitching who doesn't right who, need, who doesn't need pitching yeah yep. that's going to get real redundant um what's their philosophy about who what they want what they need and what who they may take well i asked the county director mark connor whether they would try and maybe diversify the first six picks maybe kind of go balance out the high school and college, balance out the pitching and the hitting. Uh, he said, no, he said, we're just going to take the best, the best player, the best fit available. Uh, so it sounds like they're, they're, it's not, it doesn't really have much to do with uh, anything philosophically, like, hey, we want to fill this position, we want to fill that position. Now the Padres have always been kind of high on, on middle-of-the-field players, the catcher, shortstop, center fielder types, because um, they feel like they can move those guys around. But it sounds like they're really just going to go for – Whoever the best player is available at the time without any without much uh, philosophy for, hey, we need to fill this need or that need down the road. There's some teams that if they need help immediately, they, they tend to go heavy more on the college player. Uh, other teams really like those, like high school arms. Um, are, where do the Padres fall on that? Do they have a trend in that? Well, I think the, the high school arms might be a little more uh, – they're a little more risky because they're younger, and the Padres' this draft kind of sounds like they're willing to take risks. Uh, one player that's been mentioned, he's a college arm, was uh, Cal Quantrill. Uh, he was coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, he was projected by some to be a top five pick. He went from uh, Stanford. Um, so they're, I think they're willing to uh, – some, some teams want help in the next year, in the next two years. I think we saw uh, – last week was last week's James Shields trade, the Padres going for a 17-year-old prospect. that They want to build the organization with young talent kind of no matter the age. If it helps them in four years, good. If it helps them in three years, good. If it helps them next year, also good. But I think uh, certain teams might be more apt to take those picks that are going to help them in the near future, whereas the Padres are may, might be looking more uh, long-term with higher upside and bigger potential. Okay. and it's, Well, and we want – 
we don't want to confuse people and get like too technical or maybe not confuse is not the right word, but maybe bore people. We don't want to do that. Um, but the money that they have to spend is significantly more than they had last year. And that is largely dependent on how many pitch you have. Uh, but in the, in the top 10 rounds, they have $12.8 million to spend. Last year they had $4 million, if I have this right. Um, so that's got to be kind of nice for them to have a little bit more flexibility there. If there's slots and there's, um, you know, there's kind of projected slots for first round, second round, third round. Um, and what this all spells out to is that the Padres just haven't been a very good major league team. So they, get, they tend to, um, you know, reap the benefits in the draft. But having that much more to spend, that has to be a little bit um, less confining. Yeah, and to put it into some context, the uh, uh, their first round pick this year uh, for for that slot, uh, they're making almost they get almost four million dollars to spend there. They had four million dollars for the entire uh, for their entire allotment last year. So just one guy this year is essentially worth what their whole allotment was last year. Uh, what that does allow is it allows them to uh, certain teams if they're only signing one guy, they have to really focus on signability. The Padres can, if they want to pick a guy that might ask for more money than he's allotted, they can move around some of those dollar figures. And I know, like you said, we don't want to bore people with the specifics of it, but that's important in the sense that they're they're a team that wants to go with upside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the better teams, the teams that are better at this are, are, are still good at game, kind of gaming the system and that they can shuffle money around here and there. We've seen it work. Uh, for, for other teams in the past, um, but it's just so much different than it used to be, where it was just like a free for all. I mean, now it's like, uh, you know, there's just a certain amount of money that they can spend, and so uh, it gives the teams a little more leverage, the players a little less, but they get things. It seems like they get things done um, a little quicker, which is good. And, and the, the last thing I want to ask you about, let's talk in the major league level. Um, James Shields was traded to the White Sox. I, you know, of course, I'm all about the conspiracy theory. It sounded really weird, like the owner comes out and blasts the team and blasts James Shields. Um, and then a couple of days later, he's gone. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the two have nothing to do with each other. But did it take you by surprise that a major trade, a, a major starting pitching piece, was traded this far in advance of the trade deadline? Well, the rumblings were going on. I, I had heard rumblings before uh, before Fowler even made those comments. And the the return actually seems it. it I, I don't know if it was effective. Maybe the dollar amount in terms of the salary that. Uh, the Padres had to eat. I don't know. Uh, that's pure speculation. But it sounds like they had really had nothing to do with any of that. Uh, AJ Perler did call the trade unique in that uh, it, it happened before the draft. You usually see these trades kind of taking shape and not, not until the beginning of July. But uh, I think you, you can chalk that up more than anything to the fact that the White Sox uh, think they're a contender. The White Sox uh, had kind of started hitting a little bit of a snag, and they needed some starting pitching. And so they – they were very aggressive with James Shields, and the Padres liked what they got in return. Yeah, so tell me a little bit what they did get in return. Uh, so Fernando Tatis is only 17 years old. He's obviously the son of uh, Fernando Tatis Sr. Um, he is uh, not quite the same player, uh, from what I've heard, as Tatis Sr. He's more of like he's more of a, a toolsy kind of shortstop type. Uh, he's got a, a decent power bat for his age and, and uh, a good arm. Um, the one that will have more of an impact right away is Eric Johnson. And Eric Johnson was kind of highly touted in the White Sox system, uh, and he never really panned out at the major league level. He's had some very good seasons at the minor league level. I think what the Padres hope is that he's comparable maybe to Tyson Ross or Drew Pomerantz. He came to San Diego, kind of with the help of Darren Balsley, and, and just more than anything with, with a chance to start every five days, developed into the starting pitcher that they were capable of becoming. Uh, that's what the Padres hope they've gotten with Eric Johnson. 
Okay. Well, it'll, we'll keep our eye on how those guys progress. And uh, AJ, enjoy the draft. Have fun. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for having me on. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.